Welcome into episode four of Real Estate Convos with Jake and Steve. My name is Jake Boucher, and I'm joined by my dad I'm here. Steve Boucher. Just a fair warning, our, our dog is right next to us on the carpet, so if you hear him breathing or something, then just just a warning, so just, just so you know. In this episode, we're going to be talking about cash buyers. The last episode, we talked about for sale by owner, so if you haven't checked it out, I'll put a calling card. I'll put a card up in the top right-hand corner for YouTube viewers. And if, you, if you're just listening on Spotify or any of those platforms, then, you know, just go to episode three. You'll find it there. So we're talking about cash buyers. And again, we're going to be kind of following the same format. I'll be asking the questions to my dad and he'll be answering uh, the, my questions. So we're going to start with simply what is a cash buyer? A cash buyer is simply somebody that is buying a property, not utilizing conventional financing. Now, cash buyer is semi a misnomer. Yes, they could have $500,000 in their checking account and they can write a check for $500,000 to buy your property today. Yes. But a lot of the people in the investment world are just leveraging quicker alternatives, less loopholes, less paper trail. And with a phone call, they can get a private loan for whatever they need, basically. So it's considered cash. They can, you know, have, have their, their way with the negotiations, taking things off the table, such as an appraisal, 45, 60 day closing. They can compete a lot quicker. So that is considered a cash buyer. Pretty simple explanation of what a cash buyer is. Is a cash buyer really always a cash buyer? Well, like like I just alluded to, no. There could be private financing involved. There could be hard money financing involved. There could be family members that are involved. And so if you get a phone call, a letter or a conversation starts um, concerning somebody wants to buy your property and I can buy cash and I can close quickly. Okay. Show me your bank account statement. Um, this person may have to go back to somebody to get the funding. And again, there, there's, it could be a simple phone call to a brother, sister, uncle, grandparent, and the money could be sitting in a bank account. But many of them need to go through other sources. A hard money lender will lend you money within 10 days, five days, but you're going to, well, that person is going to get charged heavy interest in, in upfront fees, uh, 10, 12, 15% interest plus two or three points at the origination. So it's it's expensive money, but there's a reason they see a deal, you, um, and they, they want to close quickly and not let you change your mind and negotiate their best deal that way. So it's not always cash. There's usually some backdoor, but it's easy to get through. I could get through it. So, so is there an advantage to being a cash buyer? Yes. So if you are a cash buyer or you are in the position that has the backing of cash or a very quick turnaround with less loophole, you can negotiate as is if the property needs work. A conventional bank, the, the, the credit union down the street, isn't going to let anybody buy if the roof is leaking. If, if, the, if there's lead paint peeling, if there's any kind of liability issue, if there's a failed septic system, the bank and loan down the street isn't going to typically want to have a first-time buyer buy that property with such issues. Now, granted, there are other programs um, that will help you get money to repair the roof or the septic. Uh, FHA uh, 203K is one of those programs where you can borrow additional money above and beyond the sale price to get those things fixed. But it takes a lot more paperwork. It takes more qualifications. You have to qualify for the higher mortgage. 
You have to you know, have um, professional estimates, licensed contractor estimates uh, brought into the pic- picture, whereas a cash buyer or somebody that has these cash backings of a private financer or hard money, they can basically uh, waive all of that and just have whatever money they need because they know the after repair value and they know the current nego- negotiated value and they just make it happen within that parameter. Cash buyers, you're, you're kind of talking about from like the investing and wholesale side of things, but if someone just wanted to buy a house in cash that they want to live in, that means they don't have to pay mortgage, right? Well, correct. They're leveraging their cash instead of being in the stock market, making an interest. If they're, you know, instead of doing other things to generate money with their money, they're choosing to buy their own property. Again, that comes up a lot with ski places, um, waterfront, oceanfront, golf course settings. People that have money or, or want that location, desire that location, and they have money, then they will leverage cash to negotiate that. Whether they finance it after the fact is up to them. Um, because owning a home free and clear is not always the best investment. Talk to your attorney or your tax advisor. Yeah, we're not here giving legal advice. We don't want to give legal or tax advice, but it's not always the best option to have a free and clear home. So I was, I was curious about that one. We're going to kind of shift to who is the target of a cash buyer, usually. Typically, again, the cash buyers don't always have a dream house in their eyesights that that's what they have to have and they'll buy cash. Uh, it happens, yes, but it's usually a unique setting, a vacation setting. So typically, the target of a cash buyer would be somebody that is a little bit under the distressed need to relocate, um, a divorce, uh, estate, probate, house needs work, failed septics, overpriced um, because for, for its condition, basically. If, if there's somebody that owns a house free and clear, they might be elderly, paid off the mortgage years ago, but it's kind of run down. That's a perfect candidate for these cash buyers because there's equity and there's profit, and that's what they're after. They leverage getting the regular banks out of the way. They want a low ball, not always, but most often they want a low ball to make a profit in that deal. So it's typically a distress that, that usually sees the, the cash buyers. So it's all about the money for these cash buyers usually. It's all about the Benjamins. Yep. Very greedy. No, not necessarily greedy. It's a business and it's it's a very, very popular business globally. A lot of people are in that game. There's a lot of people fixing and flipping, a lot of people doing that kind of thing. Is it greed? Yeah, it is to some people, but more often it's just a business and they're just trying to make money. Do you think these cash buyers actually want to help like help people? Uh, I've met a couple that have good intent. Um, yes, but I think the industry, the way it has run the last several years has become more greedy, more about the bottom line. Especially and the wholesale. Less, less uh, helpful. So, okay, well, you brought up the word wholesaling. Um, let me let me give you a quick explanation of what the wholesaler is. Uh, in the cash marketing investor world, there is a there's a whole underground with millions of these people trying to find deals that have profit and equity all across the globe. They're they're in every country, and they are acting as middlemen. So you could be the homeowner, an estate, pre-foreclosure, short sale, house needs a lot of work, house is abandoned, vacant, you're a small landlord and you're just sick and tired of it. You just want to get rid of the place. You're the perfect candidate for a cash buyer situation. And there is a whole underground of what they call wholesalers. They're the middlemen. They want to find the deal. They want to negotiate the lowest price. 
and then they turn around and they sell it to somebody that's actually going to buy it. So the wholesalers, more often than not, will not actually take title to your property. So you're negotiating with somebody who has no intentions of actually moving in or taking over the property. They just turn around and they find the investor, cash person, flipper, whatever you want to call them, and they resell it to them for a handsome profit. Now, remember that handsome profit is your profit. Don't take that with a grain of salt, but, but they're making money because there's that much money in the deal. I would prefer you call us and we can walk you through the deal and tell you if it's a good one. Put the phone number on the screen along with the email. Yeah, so wholesaling, I've, I've learned, I've been learning about it. It seems like a very, it's a very fascinating industry and you see all these, <laughs> these young kids getting involved with it because they think it's easy cash. I mean, if you know what you're doing, if you're good at sales and stuff, then you could crush it in that industry. But I kind of want to shift the gears to the seller's perspective now in terms of cash buyers. The question is, should you deal with cash buyers from the seller's perspective? Again, uh, let's go back to the last episode about do you understand and know what's going on? Are you a for sale by owner? Have you been through a few transactions before or you haven't been out of your house in 50 years? So if you have no knowledge of how to sell your home and somebody offers you, I'll give you $30,000 for your property, you can be out in a week. We'll clean it up, we'll do this, we'll do that, we'll do the other thing. We'll pay for your closing costs. Is that a good deal? It might be, but you could also be taken to the cleaners. So cash buyers, that's what their goal is, to make it as easy and convenient to the homeowner, but the trade-off is the price they're gonna give you to get the property, the title assigned to them. So from a seller's perspective, if you have a good idea what you're doing, you can negotiate with them. If you have questionable um, background on, on it, you can still call in a real estate agent and have them help you from your perspective. You can get a market analysis as is and see if what's being offered is fair. Now, the wholesale and or the cash buyer are not going to like that idea because they want it as cheap as possible, as quick as possible. But it's in your best interest, in my opinion, to get a second opinion as soon as possible, whether it's during the negotiation or soon thereafter. Get it in writing and have somebody look at it. And then from there, you can make an educated decision because an emotional decision is going to cost you and cost you a lot. They're doing it and contacting you because there's money to be made. Your money. <laughs> we talked about FISBO, for sale by owner, last episode. How should they deal with cash buyers? For sale by owner already is trying to save the, the commission and they believe they can handle the transaction and the flow of the transaction, the process, checks, balances, contracts, and all of that fun stuff. So they're already in that position where they believe they're the best ones suited to negotiate their own deal. For sale by owners, again, are still in that position where if you don't know what you're doing, a savvy wholesaler, a savvy real estate cash person could definitely take advantage of the situation and negotiate a lower fee, lower price, that's going to cost you tens of t potentially thousands of dollars, in my opinion. So just be careful. Even fizzballs, they think they might know. Be careful. I'd have somebody have a second look at it. Some some professional, an accountant, and a CPA, and an attorney, uh, a knowledgeable real estate agent. Have somebody look at what's going on. So I guess the moral of the story is be careful. That's what you're basically saying. Be careful. Uh, again, checks and balances. It happens every day. There's tens of thousands of deals that are occurring every month across the country um, for private deals and wholesale is being negotiated, but there's also a lot of money being left on the table. That's it for questions. Uh, we kind of want to keep these relatively quick, these uh, episodes, because you know people have shorter attention spans nowadays. So next episode, we're going to be talking about distressed property owners. My dad briefly mentioned in this episode, 
of distressed property owners or distressed situations. Uh, so we're kind of diving deeper into that in episode five at this point. Yeah, episode five. So that'll be coming next Saturday, and we look forward to doing that episode. And so thank you guys so much for tuning in to episode four of Real Estate Convos with Jake and Steve. We appreciate you. And if you have, you know, if you're liking this podcast so far, it means so much to us. If you could like the episode on uh, YouTube, subscribe to us on YouTube, follow us on Spotify, subscribe, uh, give us a review on Apple Podcasts, wherever podcast platform you're listening to on. It would mean so much to us. We would just appreciate, we appreciate you guys so much. So thank you guys so much. And we'll see you on episode five. See you on the flip side.